When you look at that story, the story of Elizabeth, Elizabeth, try it again. Say that again. Try it again. Yeah. When you look at the story, okay. Thanks, Sylvie. <laughs> Here we go. Hello, and welcome to Talking Too Loud with Chris Savage. I am your host, Chris Savage. I'm joined, as always, by the podcast producer extraordinaire, Sylvie LeBeau. Sylvie, thanks for being here. Thanks. Thanks for letting me be here. <laughs> oh, thanks for for accepting the invitation. <laughs> Again. <laughs> I seem to do I mean that, that literally. The I Google see, Calendar yeah, invitation. Yeah. You accepted it. I do. I coordinated hit. a time. Now we're here. I'm good at like saying, yes, yes, I will be here. Should we be honest, though? This recording was not an invitation. <laughs> this was spur of the this moment. Was, this was, and this is why we sound like this, because uh, <laughs> we're we're being a little loose. We're being a little crazy. Loosey-goosey, a little crazy. No, I think our guest today, Rachel Sanders, who's the CEO of a startup called Routine, which is a precision nutrition startup, which we'll get into in the interview. We will. It was just really exciting conversation got me i know it got you thinking about big big implications for the world truly right yeah like yeah the interview has me talking too loud um so yeah can't find the words but uh that's how you know it's good that's when you're just speechless when you're, speech- when you're speechless on a podcast that's what they want <laughs> <laughs> how is it sylvie <gasps> that's it I, I, it's like the uh, best uh, audio uh, i've ever heard <laughs> so good okay Okay, good. Um, but independent of this interview, what has you talking too loud these days? You know, my kids are six and three and a half, so it's it's early October. That means it's Halloween time. Halloween. Um, Do they have a lot of costumes? Oh, they have costumes. Oh, yes, they have costumes. And, and what are they? Zoe is Mal from the Disney series Descendants. Don't know um, it. Um, they're like they're the descendants of like bad. You know, villains in Disney movies. So Maleficent, it's Maleficent's daughter is Mal. Got it. Zoe loves this. Anyone who has children this age might be thinking, why did you let her watch this? I don't know. I made a mistake. And she's obsessed. And she's wearing her costume as of yesterday. Mm-hmm. And she's running around the house. She's got Doc Martens on <laughs> to like really get the whole thing going. So um, when we're driving down the street and they see a pumpkin, it's always like, hey, we should say trick or treat now every time we see a, a Halloween thing. So they're just screaming trick or treat in the car. Like it's utter <laughs> chaos, but it is so fun. Fun to be around that much joy. Yeah. Oh, I really I loved Halloween as a kid. Gotta say. Gotta confess. Had some pretty weird costumes. What was the weirdest? Well, I think one year I was a cheerleader and a snake charmer at the same time because okay. they go hand in hand. I'm not sure if you're uh-huh. aware that all Didn't cheerleaders that. are also snake charmers. Because you're cheering for the snake or what? Yeah, you're you're cheering for the snake. Okay. You're rooting for the charms too, you know? The charms, okay. <laughs> but I think as an adult, my favorite Halloween costume, it was kind of like dealer's choice. I was going for Janis Joplin, but many people thought I was Ozzy Osbourne. So then it just mm. became this fun, like, who am I? Yeah, maybe and I'm going to guess it's because part of the costume involved you biting the head off of a bat. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> you know, my stance on bats, not you. part of a well-rounded diet. Am I right? <laughs> yes. Oh, you know who can tell us about a well-rounded diet and getting all your right micronutrients yeah. using very specifically tailored uh, nutrition? Rachel Sanders, the CEO of Routine. So I think we should jump into the conversation with her. Let's jump in.
Rachel, so nice to meet you. Thanks for coming on the show. Yes, thank you for having me. Excited to have a conversation today. Yes, I'm very excited to learn about routine. When I was looking at the website of what you guys do, I was like, I started talking too loud. I started getting pretty excited. I have a lot of questions. Um, But first, as you know, this podcast is called Talking Too Loud. And the reason it's called Talking Too Loud is because when I get excited, I can't control the volume of my voice. It's been (laughs) true since I was a kid. Um, And I know everyone does different things when they get excited, but we want to hear to start things off. What's getting you talking too loud right now? Yeah, there's a lot, um, but I'll pick two. The the first is really uh, giving people access to their health data and helping people create a more preventative mindset versus treating symptoms, which is just how healthcare has been for so, so long. I started my career in investment banking and really even 10 plus years ago, noticed that there's such an opportunity for um, us to use technology and, and help people get access to their data to improve how they experienced all of their health solutions. And that's everything from wellness to kind of the more traditional services. And I think now we're at a place where testing costs have gone down, technology has improved, and there's an overarching demand on the consumer side to find ways to stay healthy, live better, perform better every day. And I just love that I get to work in that space um, because there's so much more that we can do and build and and change uh, to help people feel better. So you're excited about preventative healthcare and better data. Yeah, preventative healthcare. And we all know we're supposed to eat well, and we're supposed to exercise, we're supposed to sleep well, right? So shouldn't it just be that easy? Like I just said that that's the answer, right? <laughs> well, I mean, it should be, right? <laughs> but uh, the the problem is it's really personal to everyone. We now know that everyone has a personal response to the foods they eat, the medications they take, the exercise, the diet, this kind of one size fits all approach, um, or even one size fits all approach to research just doesn't serve everyone well. And so now we're entering this next generation of health solutions that can truly create products for each individual. And that's really where we need to be going. It's it's not just, I'm going to do a keto diet and so are you, and we're going to have the same outcome. Or I'm going to take X milligram of vitamin D and you're going to take the same and we're going to have the same outcome. It just doesn't work like that. Biology is so unique to each individual. And the only way to really kind of create those solutions is to look at the data, um, use technology and ML to figure out what makes the most sense for each person and keep improving that way. And how new is this? I have not heard anyone talk about this really at all. Like the, the most I've heard about this is, you know, there's research and correct me if I'm wrong, but like my understanding is like, you know, we used to just think calorie in, calorie out. And I think that's generally, you know, generally true, I think. But mm-hmm. like my understanding is that what you're saying here and what some of the research I've seen has said is like, actually, people respond so differently to different foods, as an example, mm-hmm. that like it's not that simple, really. Yeah, that's definitely correct. It's calorie in, calorie out as a start. But the same calorie for me and carbohydrates is very different as the same calories as you or or someone else. Um, And some people, and this is very genetic based, some people will respond really well to carbs. Some people gain weight instantly if they eat carbs. Um, And some people look at glucose response. Some people have um, zero glucose response to alcohol. They other people, it spikes it significantly. And it's the same for rice or potatoes or things like that. And um, it's so unique. And it's just not something that people have really talked about because the research hasn't been there yet. Um, it's emerging now, as, as you mentioned. Um, and the technology hasn't really been there to give that kind of 
contacts and empower the individual on a more mainstream basis the way it is now. So we can get our blood tests for under $100. We can test our glue. We can have continuous glucose monitors in our arms. We can um, do whole genome sequencing and understand all of our genetics and get that at the touch of a button uh, from direct consumer or even in retail. And that's just not something that existed even kind of three, five years ago. And this seems amazing and also overwhelming, right? Like daunting. You, you, you're I feel basically, daunted yeah. and excited, both yeah. equally. Yeah, for the listener, Sylvie, as Rachel was going through all of the different responses that people could have, Sylvie's <laughs> like, pointing me. at herself. She's like, me. I have this. I, yeah. um, but like what you're saying is that every person is like their own machine, their, their own, you know, processor dealing with this stuff differently. And so to really dial in healthcare, and we all know preventative health is like, you want to solve problems before they're problems, right? Um, That's like a huge daunting task. How do you think we will solve it? Yeah. I mean, that's a great question. When you think about chronic conditions and and the cause, lifestyle and nutrition related um, choices account for kind of the number one cause of chronic conditions in the U.S., accounting for over 700,000 deaths each year. And so kind of thinking about prevention, it's really about empowering people to get access to better data and choices around their nutrition and and lifestyle. Uh, And that's really kind of how we think about it and and why we are where we are um, at Routine. Awesome. So tell the listeners, um, you know, tell tell us to tell us. Tell everybody. Um, (laughs) If you go to Routine and you see what you're all up to, you're going to see some stuff about microbeads. You're going to see some stuff about precision nutrition. Like, what is it that you all, what are you really doing? What are you offering today? Yeah. So we are a startup focused on optimizing health and daily performance with precision nutrition. And we're empowering thousands of members to improve in areas like energy, stress, immune health, and more. Uh, And joining is super simple. So we test your genes and other biometric data. Uh, We then deliver precision micronutrient packs tailored to those test results. So you're getting vitamins, minerals, and specialty compounds um, specifically to optimize around your health goals and your own biology. And then you can track your progress in your member dashboard. Okay. You just said a lot of big stuff there. So yeah, we'll just test your genes and we'll figure out what you respond to. (laughs) And then like, what does that mean? Like, is someone getting a blood test? Are you going in frequently to the doctor to understand how does this work? Yeah. So everything is science-backed and data-driven. So we've built our technology to incorporate the hundreds of health data points or biometric data that I just mentioned and combine that with thousands of clinical studies that show how your body and those data points react for nutrition. So basically micronutrients, which are vitamins, minerals, and other compounds like coenzyme Q10 react differently or each body uh, metabolizes and, and processes those nutrients differently and needs a different amount of each nutrient. And that's really the basis for, for how we think about it. In terms of how our members are, are getting that data and, and how we're analyzing it, um, we have built it to be really flexible. We think that people should be able to bring data they have or get access to data they want. Um, so for us, that means you test your genetic data either through an at-home test that we offer, or you can bring data you have from like a 23andMe or Ancestry.com um, on the blood side. So blood is a biometric um, data point that we look at. Uh, similarly, you can uh, test your data through one of our um, at-home blood tests, which is a finger prick, or you can input data that you already have, and, and our tech will analyze it, ingest it, and create your precision insights um, and that precision formula. And when I say precision formula, 
just from the genetic data alone, there's over 700 trillion different combinations of the vitamins, minerals, and compounds that we offer. So it's truly uh, manufactured for each individual on an N equals one basis. Okay. Wow. That's wow. wild. And so you're telling me I could just eat whatever I want and I just eat these microbeads and then I have like a healthy diet? <laughs> uh, that would be ideal, wouldn't it? Um, so nutrition first is always kind of how you how you think about optimizing health. So diet first. But it's really hard to get an accurate and adequate diet and even know what that adequate diet looks like on a daily basis. Um, 90% of people aren't getting the recommended daily intake of various vitamins and minerals. And that creates these micronutrient deficiencies that can have an impact across a wide variety of health conditions, everything from stress, mood, and energy to more of these chronic conditions that we talked about earlier, uh, metabolic health syndromes, heart health problems, and things like that. And, and that's really where routine comes in. We're we're looking at what are you intaking on a daily basis? What is going on in your biology? What are things you might not be able to get from your daily diet and creating specific uh, dosages around that to really optimize your cells um, and your cellular nutrition from a micronutrient standpoint. So I have been into quantitative health for a long time, like tracking my weight with a withering scale, tracking my movements with an Apple watch, tracking my sleep, like all this kind of stuff. I love this stuff, but some people will tell me I'm like pretty extreme on this. Um, is the goal to get people like me signed up or is your goal to get everybody? Like, how do you do that? Because I feel like it's a big gulf between the early adopter who's already tra- like you 23 me. Do I have it? Yeah, I got that data for you. I could just put that right. <laughs> in. But like, if people have not done that, like, is this a big hurdle? Or are you thinking about that yet? Are you going for the quant health people to start? Like, how do you think about it? Yeah. So our members right now are high performers and health enthusiasts who use data throughout their life to make informed decisions. That doesn't necessarily mean it's the ultimate biohacker, but it's folks that are kind of these next gen leaders, people who use data to make financial decisions, real estate decisions, business decisions, and want to bring a more data driven kind of science backed approach to their health. These are who our members are today and, and who we're really focused on. But we definitely see there's a there's a mainstream opportunity for this as we think about just um, kind of genetic data, over 50 million people have gotten their genes tested. Um, 50% of the market has some sort of wearable right now. The at-home testing market is exploding. And good or bad, over the last two years, um, I hate that I'm saying two years now, people have understood that prevention and understanding what's going on in their body is so important for longevity, for health, for performance. And so that trend of people getting data and wanting access to data and wanting to use that data to get products, to see trends is just going to continue to accelerate. And when you're talking about the last years, to be clear, you're talking about COVID and the yeah. fact that, you know, <laughs> obesity is like a comorbidity and other things that like our preventative health will hopefully, if you get in better shape, um, that should increase the likelihood that you're not as sick from COVID. That's what you're talking about, right? Yeah, that's that's correct. And And more than that, we saw that with COVID, there wasn't a lot you could do to prevent it other than mm. get your body in the best kind of health condition that you could if you were going to get exposed to it. And that concept has really kind of permeated the market and, and how we think about next-gen health solutions going forward. Plus this idea of being able and being empowered to improve your health at home without having it to be really hard um, is new and, and really important as we think about what the next five years look like. You also t- use a, a word in there, which I thought was interesting. You use the word like our members. 
So that's different than customers. Tell me about that. Like you've said a little bit about the members. What does it mean to be a member? Yeah, we're really, I mean, we're, we're creating a movement here around um, kind of precision nutrition and we're more than just a product. It's really a community um, through community education, content and access to data. And so the people that we we help aren't just customers. They're really members that are joining this, this community of, of next gen health enthusiasts and, and folks that are looking to improve kind of across the board. And the reason I'm asking this question, I feel like there's this trend happening now where people are realizing that um, you can start audience first in building a company. Like if you have a, a captive audience, then you can tell them about your product. And mm-hmm. that's almost switching from like a one-way audience to like starting with community and saying like, oh, if we have people who care about the same thing and want the same thing, they could be the customers, but they'll bring more people in to help us grow. And it seems like that would be happening here. Is that happening for you? Is that how you think about this? Yeah, this concept of community-led growth, which is um, on the heels of product-led growth. It's a that this new concept. And how we really approached it is we had a product and a solution and, and in market. And we saw from our members that they wanted to get together. They wanted to learn more and they wanted to have more conversations beyond just the, the focus of the product. So figuring out ways to help people come together um, in a variety of methods. And community for us is more than just social, um, more than just a newsletter. It's really encompassing um, an owned community, a social community, a newsletter community, and and helping people get access to that education, connection, um, and inspiration in a wide variety of ways. That's cool. And has it been working? Yes, to date, it has. (laughs) That's great. Congrats. Right Thank on the you. right on the new the new trend here. Um, so I also think it's interesting. You know, when you talk about the blood test, I want to get into this. Um, I saw this talk a couple of years ago from this guy who, who was like a health nut, and he had a gym and he had a CrossFit thing, and then he told this story of how he wanted to make it into the Olympics, and he was I think thirty eight, and decided that bobsledding was like the event for him because like you could still get into the Olympics even if you're like older because like it's really like speed off the line and yada yada and he's going through this whole regiment and explaining this process of like how he got into shape and he talked about the blood tests and he's like oh I was going for like bi-weekly blood tests to understand my levels and stuff I was like what people do this <laughs> is this been like a thing that like elite athletes and people who are you know really dialing in their nutrition have like already been doing this, but it was just very hard to do. And now it's being democratized and you guys are helping to do that. Yes, exactly. And and one example, so one of our advisors is the director of uh, nutrition and human performance at a leading NFL team. Um, and one of the reasons he was super excited about um, coming on board with us is that he was doing these kind of similar testing, more on the blood testing side, but saw that routine had an opportunity to kind of combine even more data um, and truly kind of deliver a personalized approach um, to more people than just professional athletes. But checking um, everything from vitamin and mineral levels to hormone levels um, to kind of the normal blood panels on a much higher cadence than just the average kind of annual checkup is something that's been happening in the more elite side. But we've seen kind of this democratization of health data um, gaining gaining steam. And what's great is the technology costs and the cost to actually run those samples is decreasing. So it's giving more and more people access uh, to get that data to help in, in their 
I don't want to call normal lives, but they're lives that aren't necessarily professional athletes. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you've, I'm sure you've heard the phrase of like the future is here. It's just not equally distributed. Right. And it seems like this is what's happening here and what you're Mm -hmm. trying to do. Right. It's like basically say like, yes, there's a group of people who are doing this and they are dialing in their health in a way that you didn't even know was possible. And now we're going to democratize that. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Um, So it's working for you. Why do you think it didn't work for Theranos? Um, Boom, dropped it. Yeah. <laughs> so there's there's a lot going on with Theranos, right? Um, I, some of which I'll comment on and some of which I won't. But the key aspect there is uh, they were trying to create new technologies and innovate um, in something that many people in the scientific community believe to just never be possible based on what they were trying to do. And what we're doing and what other testing companies in the space are doing are taking proven tests from certified laboratories and just making it easier for people to gain access to them. Um, And that's two very different approaches is you're taking Mm -hmm. something that's proven science validated and empowering more people to get access to it versus creating something um, on the testing side that that's completely new. When you look at the story of Elizabeth Holmes, I mean, she envisioned a world where everyone would be getting tested at home all the time. And like now this world is here. And, it, and I mean, a pandemic accelerated it dramatically. Um, and obviously, she's in court right now, and things are not looking good. And they, you know, we all if you've read the books, I'm sure you have. Uh, it's like a yeah, pretty it's a sad story of like, uh, you know, these machines that were hiding other people's machines and like not, you know, trying to innovate and not really doing it. But like, what do you think about that? Like, how, how do you think about I know, there's a big debate on she obviously had vision. And if you have vision and don't deliver on it, then you could be looked at as a charlatan. But like, we all have to have vision and try to deliver. How do you think about that being in this space? Yeah, I mean, that's a great question. And there was a recent article came, that came out, I forget if it's the New York Times, the Wall Street Journal, but on kind of the the next generation after Theranos and, and what a lot of people in the testing world are trying to do. Um, and vision is not a problem. Vision is great. And, and that the vision of empowering people to access their health data and, and help them make healthier choices is awesome. But in terms of execution, I think it's, it's, founders and and CEOs responsibility to make sure that you're being as truthful as you can and as open as you can with your investors and and your potential partners. And it's not my job to decide exactly how and if she was or or what that looks like. That's what's happening in court right now. And um, I think if you take scientifically valid tests, you democratize them to more people like what we're doing and, and other folks in the space are doing, that's a much different approach than, as I mentioned, like creating something new, but it's attacking a similar vision. And there may have been a point when she maybe should have said, like, we're not going to do this or like, we're not there yet. Um, there are plenty of companies that are raising a lot of money that don't have FDA approval yet, that haven't even shipped a prototype of the product. And and people are still investing in them because they believe in the future. And so making sure the reporting and and what's going on is accurate uh, is something that everyone needs to think about, especially like the founders and the CEOs of of these companies and making sure you're truthful as to where you are and what you're doing and, and the science behind it. That was such a yeah. diplomatic answer. I love it. You're like, I'm not going to say she's lying or she lied. <laughs> that is for the courts. But it, it is interesting. 
having the vision is a great thing, something to aspire to, but how you deliver information sort of at each checkpoint is also crucial. Exactly. A lot of people share the same vision and there's a lot of routes to get there. And it's the how that you get there and the people that you bring around the table and, and how you bring them and get them there. That's really what, what makes success. And again, not going to be the person to decide whether or not she did that right, but there's there's questions there. Yeah. I think what you said though just now is like the key thing for people to zero in on is a lot of people will have the same vision and it is about the how. It's about the people. It's about the culture. It's about your values. It's about how you're capitalized, about how you get to market. It's all these different things, but it's, it's about the how. And, uh, you know, I think for anyone listening who's considering starting something, you know, it's very, very easy to have a good idea. And a lot of people have the same good ideas. And I think it is, as Rachel's saying, like it is about what way are we going to do this that's different? Or what way are we going to do this that's unique? What way are we going to do this that's faster? What way are we going to do this that's differentiated? And that ends up being what matters. And so go kind of staying on that thread for you, how did you start routine? Was it the same vision that it is now? And how did you decide you could do this? Because at least for me, dealing with things in the physical world, that seems scary. Like I like <laughs> software. Um, how did you decide to do this? Yeah, it's really out of personal experience. So I'd spent my earlier career in health, as we talked about before, and had experience across finance and, and product and strategy, and really recognized just this massive opportunity to change the way people experience healthcare. And it was something that I felt really passionate about. I got my MBA and spent the two years that I was there really thinking about how am I going to make the biggest impact in healthcare and, and where do I start? I was actually in the process of launching my first company in the musculoskeletal space uh, and was experiencing a ton of stress, fatigue, burnout, and started looking at my own health. I had previously had not the best experience in mainstream medicine. So I started first with lifestyle. Um, what can I do across nutrition, exercise, and sleep to improve how I was performing every day? And at that point, recognized that a lot of the symptoms I was experiencing were due to micronutrient deficiencies and 90% of the population um, was not getting adequate daily micronutrient intake of the right vitamins and minerals. I was also connected with our other co-founder, Daniel, um, who has a PhD in biotechnology. He's the scientist and the product guy. And he had spent the last 12 years looking at how to build prevention-focused products using biometric data, starting first with genetics, but then also blood levels and looking at kind of other health data points. And together we looked around and, and saw what was going on in the market, which we call personalization 1.0, which was really kind of lifestyle and marketing-based personalization and health and wellness and the nutrition and supplement industry specifically. And we thought consumers deserve something better. Um, and so we really joined together around a common mission to empower people to leverage their data to achieve optimal health, uh, which is just not something that was being done or, or allowed people access in the market when we launched at that time. And still today, uh, we're really at the forefront of utilizing more data points, delivering it in a more precise way, and continuing to improve our models and the impact that we're having across our members. And so it seems like the unique part of your how was realizing, tell me if I'm right, this is what I'm gleaning from this, and I'm, I'm learning a lot, but like, was basically realizing you have the data points, the genetic testing, you could do the blood test at home, you could actually dial in so specifically person by person, what their nutrition should be. Mm -hmm. And that wasn't possible 10 years ago. Was that not even possible five years ago? It was 
five years ago, we were closer, but yes, you're right. The technology around genetic sequencing, technology around at-home blood testing, and just the technology around kind of ML and um, data science was at a point where we would be able to do this well. And we knew that people were just going to get more and more access to data. I say in two years, maybe five years, people are going to be walking around with a health data wallet, like they do a crypto wallet or their own wallet and wanting products and and asking the question, all right, what's next? What do I use? How do I use this data? How do I improve my health with this data? Um, And we've built a platform that answers that question. Okay. Uh, Interesting. And I I want to go to the health wallet in a second. That seems (laughs) super interesting by itself, but I want to say one thing, which is, so you the the machine learning you're talking about is like is that effectively you give people these you know the precision nutrition which is like the microbeads which effectively is vitamins and minerals right it's like micronutrients that's mm-hmm. what micronutrients are yeah. you give it to them and then you keep doing the testing and you see does this change in the blood tests i'm going to guess and then your machine learning is figuring out like oh this is effective or this is not and you're linking up like people's genetic data with like, does it actually impact the results in the blood? Is that right? Yes, exactly. And we're, we're creating tight, a, a variety of tight feedback loops, which are really important. So the blood test is one of them. Um, but we are also looking at kind of other both self-reported results as we think about integrating other kind of biometric testing or wearable integrations, what other data points and feedback loops can exist from, from that. Got it. Okay. So you're basically do, taking that and coupling it with everything else that somebody has. Correct. And it could be your weight, could be how much you're moving, could be how much you're sleeping. It could be all of these things. And you use all of that data to kind of update the nutrition piece. Correct. Yep. Cool. That's awesome. That's really cool. I have not heard of anything like this before. Yeah, we're definitely we're at the forefront, and and this is what this is what consumers deserve. This is what they deserve. Um, and they deserve precision medicine. They deserve precision wellness products. They deserve precision nutrition. And we're excited that we're innovating here and and have the opportunity to to deliver such a custom solution and just build from where we are today. Okay, let's go to the future. Health wallets. We're, health. <laughs> we're talking about what does the future of this look like? So we're seeing a snapshot today. You're going to scale this. You're going to build a massive business. You're going to make people healthier. It's going to be amazing. And then there's going to be this health wallet. What is the health wallet? (laughs) And yeah, we'll start with that. What is this health wallet? So what we and I envision is that mainstream consumers, more than just biohackers, will not only have access to their wearable data, but they will have access to a variety of health data points, including genetics, including blood levels. Um, and they're going to get it from a variety of sources, both healthcare providers, next-gen solutions, and primary care, other testing kind of opportunities. And what they're going to want is their medical care, their wellness solutions are all going to need to be tailored and be able to incorporate this data in a scientifically valid way. Um, The one-size-fits-all approach to manufacturing that many of these large CPG companies have scaled on for for decades will become a thing of the past or it will change in such a way that they're going to be able to utilize this data. I don't see how consumers could basically have have access to all of this and then go pick something off the shelf that is not 
recommended based on what's going on in their biology. You're not going to buy a house without like at least looking at photos of it or kind of understanding where it is, the location. So why would you ingest something or take some sort of medication or, or health solution if you're not kind of looking at why first? Right. The broader it's context. Also, yeah. Yeah. So that's interesting. It also makes me think like, if you imagine the world you're describing, which is like, as a individual, we have way more data on our health, uh, much more data, and also more insights. It seems like the primary care we would want in that world is pretty different. Mm-hmm. Like if you go to get primary care and they're not aware of all of this data and the tweaks and things that you're doing, it seems like they wouldn't be able to give you as thoughtful care. And let's say all of this happens in 10 years. Does this change the healthcare system? Yes. And I mean, we're already seeing a lot of that change now. Um, you look at companies like Forward, like TIA, even Parsley Health, like they're the more functional medicine approach. They're looking at a lot of this data, but it does go back to the point of, of who has access to it uh, and how do we drive down costs so that more people can gain access to a much more personalized approach to medicine. And that's a big question and a big kind of room, place, and, and opportunity for innovation um, is how to make it all of this less expensive so that more people can get access to it. Yeah, I think it changes insurance and stuff too. It seems like the implications are really big and that's kind of very exciting. And also, I'm sure for a lot of folks, pretty scary. You know, the prices have been going up and up for healthcare. So if there's something like this, that's like we know preventative care is the way that you're writ large going to decrease the cost of healthcare in the system. It seems like you have to rethink, like, do you have insurance based on people's genetic data? That's a terrifying thing to even say. But like, you know what? Like that kind of makes sense. I can't believe I just said that. But uh, uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm wondering. I, I'm wondering if uh, you're you're going to create some fear uh, around this. I yeah. I mean the so my background. That's what I'm wondering. I guess yeah. too is like that as I'm thinking through. I'm like, well, yes, you could see that could be really good. That could be really bad. Mm-hmm. It seems like scary too. Mm-hmm. And so it's almost like we're unlocking this thing that could totally change. You're we're we're at the very very beginning of something that can totally change healthcare. But there's some scary stuff here. Mm-hmm. Um, like, what if you have pre-existing conditions and it's obvious 10 years before they show up, like mm-hmm. in your genetic data, what do you do? Yeah, I mean, we're going to be at a place where we're going to know that. Um, and how that gets incorporated into the current payment model is going to be very interesting to see. There's a medical debate. There's a political debate. There's a, yeah. like, what does that look like for the private payers? Um, what does that look like for public payers? It's going to be definitely something that's going to be talked about over the next 10 years. Uh, I don't have the right answer for that, but I do know that medicine and kind of the way that we think about data, both from a wellness and more like symptom treatment side of things is going to shed the light on, Hey, you might have greater risk for this type of condition based on your population cohort. Here are some things that other people have done to, to help with that. Um, that exists already a bit today, and it's just going to continue to go forward. Ultimately, that's a huge impact. I mean, that has the power to decrease the cost to the system, to help more people stay healthy. Um, There's obviously a behavioral change aspect to that, which who knows, even if you have the information, if people are going to do it, we do know with data, people make better decisions generally in health. But yeah, I mean, it could be hugely impactful and hugely problematic all at the same time. 
Um, yeah, but it seems like I'm excited that you're working on this. It seems like you really care and are really trying to help people. So that gives me hope and gives me optimism that like we're going to end up with a world with healthier people who are better informed. That seems really exciting. Yeah, that's the vision. Uh, that's that's what we're working towards. That's awesome. Well, look, Rachel, it's been so great having you on the show and hearing about all this. Where can people find you out there in the world? Where should they look to learn more about routine and you? Yeah, definitely. They can find us on our website, which is routine.co, spelled R-O-O-T-I-N-E. On social, we're routine underscore co. Um, you can find us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, all, all of the socials. And for me, um, you can find me on Twitter at Rachel S. Sanders. Awesome. Thanks for being here. Have a great day. Thank you for having me. That was really interesting and really cool and really like makes you think big, right? Whoa. Yeah. My brain is spinning a little bit. It was, yeah. Ooh, I can't even, <laughs> like tongue tied. No, I mean, I think the, ow, um, I banged my knee. Yep. Well, I'm sure the listeners want to hear that. <laughs> she banged her knee, everyone. She's she's okay, though. I can, She's still sitting. <laughs> I think the precision nutrition does feel very empowering. And like, you know, every time you go to the doctor, you're trying to convey, or at least this is my experience, you're trying to convey like every personal thing that's so unique to you. And you can't, you can't possibly. And like, you don't have the numbers, you don't have the information to back it up. And this feels yeah. like, hey, you're going to have that data. Yeah, that no, feels, it's, it's... That feels amazing. It, well, I, there's also never, I don't think there's been anything like this for, quote, normal people. Like, I've, I mean, that's... No. No. I, I as she was talking, what I was thinking about is like, you know, the the big brick cell phone of like the nineteen eighties, like mm, the you know, mm, the Gordon mm. Gecko thing. And like he had the cell phone and it cost ten grand and like of course you had to have a convertible that you would ride around in when you had the but like the like no one had that. And then now it took fifteen years to had it. Yeah, now look at us. We can't turn our phones off. We're obsessed with our phones. Our phones are the greatest things ever. So you're saying um, but, you're saying that this is gonna have a similar trajectory. I think that's the potential. That's why I asked that question about who is this really for right now? And she's like, well, this is for the people who are already tracking all their health and you know care about this today. That right. makes sense that they're going to be the next group that focuses on this. Right. Um, and just like there was the group that got the iPhone right out of the gate or, you Very know, true. got the BlackBerry or whatever the thing was at the moment. <laughs> the uh, BlackBerry. The BlackBerry. Um, so it is interesting. And I think the good question is like, how do you get to the masses? Do mm -hmm. you need to get to the masses? Because will the masses actually... Obviously, there's a, a point where people won't decide to do this or not. Um, but it's cool to think about like that. This is basically a thing that previous to right now, actually, and with the genetics piece, like, you know, the elite athletes, I would say, probably didn't have it either. Yep. That now you could get this thing and it's like 60 bucks for three months or something like that. And you can really dial in your nutrition in a way that's basically impossible without being like a perfectly clean eater. Yeah, I'm not that. Neither am I. Not that. So that's why I'm like, oh, that sounds cool. Like, I'll just throw this on top of a hamburger. Be I delish. mean, yeah, that's <laughs> that's oversimplifying a bit. But okay, sure. no, I think that's that's no, what no, I no. took away from this <laughs> is basically you can eat whatever you want and you didn't eat, have this packet. Yeah. And once you have the packet, you're fine. You're it erases, all good. It erases. 
It erases pizza. It erases all negative a, things that you do to your body. It's a pizza eraser, really. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, you said, do you need to reach the masses? I think like essentially what she was saying was precision nutrition is a human right. And like everyone deserves to have that data. So like that's also a nice perspective that I that I can appreciate. The thing that, you know, like got me scared, which, you know, she said, I don't even I don't have the right answer to this is the insurance question, sort of like how this changes the landscape. I mean, insurance is already awful. It's already Nightmare. awful. Yeah. Um, yeah. And like, I want this to make it better. But like, you can see how it could make things even more nightmarish. So so people, startups, listeners start thinking about but it. You know what? If, if I think it, as, it, as you're saying that, what it makes me think is like, if you can really dial in nutrition this way, you can dial in other things based on you your genetics. And so if you know something could be a problem early and mm. there's actual things you can do to impact it, then that will ultimately create like a more healthy world. But I guess this is kind of when you're dealing with these really big, interesting issues, um, you have to face this stuff. And it's like, we're looking on the one side, we could we make people way healthier Right. And do it in a way that was not possible before. On the other side, yes, there is this other risk. And it's like, how can you get the scale to land on the positive thing? Yep. And that's that's the work you gotta do. Um and she seems like she's up for the challenge, which she's is really up. exciting. She's up she's for up it. She's up for it. So she's up. yeah. You well, know what you we'll did? be rooting for her. This is this isn't really related to the topics, but you like yada yada bobsledding. You were like bobsledding yada yada. And I was like, You can't, <laughs> you can't yada yada bobsledding. What are you doing? Yeah, it's that fine. guy, <laughs> he's like, oh, yeah, just dial it in, blood test. I'm like, what is this guy talking about? <laughs> and then, and actually, the point of the story and the talk was like that, like, he looked like he was in the best shape of his life, but he felt like crap. Mm, mm, um, mm. And that was like the big takeaway, which I didn't get to. He needed precision nutrition, he needed micronutrients. What do our listeners need? Our listeners, if you're still with us, we need you to rate and review the show wherever you listen to podcasts. We would love that. Um, hit the subscribe button and don't forget to hit the bell. Is there even a bell to hit? I'm just, I'm just saying. <laughs> uh, and, um, Smash that like button. Yeah. Uh, and um, we really do want your feedback. We love your feedback. You can put in a review, but you can also email us at ttlpod at wissy.com. We have lots of other content for you. A brand new series coming out in a few weeks here at Wistia that we're really pumped about. Um, and so stay tuned for that. And otherwise, have a great day, everyone. Talking Too Loud is brought to you by Wistia, hosted by Chris Savage, produced by me, Sylvie Lubau, along with Adam Day, executive produced by Wistia Studios. This episode was mixed by Jarrett Floyd. Listen to Talking Too Loud wherever you listen to podcasts. And hey, rate and review us wherever you listen. And check out more content from Wistia Studios at wistia.com.